1: Hey, badasses. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hello, hello. And we're so excited to bring you today's episode about holding space, which we are going to jump into here in a minute. But before we get started, I... Would love it if you guys would get on whatever your favorite social media platform is and follow us, like some posts, make some comments. Also, check out our website, www.badassladiesclub.com, so you can see the latest about what's going on. Check out our next badass retreat. All the things. We want to interact with you guys. So, Maybe we should get going on our Badass of the Week this week. What do you think? Aw, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's taken so long to get here, but we're I here. I
0: So this week's Badass of the Week, I can't believe we haven't already done it. I'm kind of guilty. He deserves it. Duh. It's the one and only Paul Rogers. Paul. <laughs> Paul is our producer here on the Badass Ladies Club. He is the owner of Nexum Creative. Um... Which is where this is the studio that we are in right now, where we record. Um, Paul is so extremely talented. He also has many names. (laughs) He does,
1: but his name is Paul Rogers. It actually—I mean—is that really his name? Because honestly, I don't know. Like, is he Andrew Kent? Is he like what's Missy call him? Uh, Oh God, Joe, Joe, yeah. Yeah. Like so, (laughs) whatever you call him, we call him Paul. I call him Paul. Yeah. Um, Paul's just a really amazing, creative genius, you know, and has created a space here at Nexum that's so free and relaxed and fun to be in um, that it's just easy to create magic when you're in his presence.
0: Yeah. And we've been on quite the journey with Paul. When we started recording, we were in a different, much smaller Mm -hmm. space with one studio Mm -hmm. in it. Um, in a building shared with many other spaces and energies and yeah. people, and he took a leap of faith and
1: created his own thing. And when and he started talking about it, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to have your own studio. It'll like, be great, that's great. you know." <laughs> but then when he did it and I saw it, I was like, oh, oh this is I a get.
0: total upgrade from what yes. it had been before. Um... We are so incredibly proud of Paul. He is multi talented. He's not only a producer, but he's also like a musical artist. Yes. Um, and has the voice of God. I, he is like the voice of God. Like, oh um, God, I
1: can't wait like, to have him on. His voice is just, I could listen to him all day. Yeah, he definitely has a good uh, audio voice for sure. And can we just mention that he has been an adamant cheerleader and supporter of the Badass Ladies Club before there was actually a Badass Ladies Club to speak of? You know, like I remember when we first sat down with him and we were like, this is our idea, you know, and he was so encouraging and awesome and has just like lifted us up to be able to pull this off.
0: And totally one of those people. Who said, and if you don't choose me to be your producer, Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to do this with me, I will still mentor you and coach you through getting your own equipment, doing your own thing. I can show you how to do it. And I just really appreciated that because he was like, whether you work with me or not, I want you to be successful. And I just immediately was like, oh, what a special human. Yeah.
1: Well, and that he also recognized what we were trying to do with the Badass Ladies Club. So, like, when we explained to him where we were coming from and the kind of stuff we wanted to record, he was such a believer in the, you guys are, like, doing this for the good of yourselves The world, humanity, you know, like, and so because we were coming at it from the right place, that was all he needed to hear, you know, like that we were trying to put good out into the world. And so, yeah, Paul's a fab, fantastic human and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. So Paul, get your ass on here. Like it or not, you're doing this. (laughs) All right. So, um... Let's talk holding space because we've actually... One of my new favorite
0: things. Yeah,
1: we've dipped toe into holding space and a couple of other episodes over the last few months, I guess. Um, but it's really a topic in and of its own where we're, we're going to just like get into what it means, how to do it, why it's important, all of those things. So maybe, Jessica, you'll start just telling us why holding space is one of your favorite new things. Well...
0: Holding space is one of my new favorite things because I've never known the importance of it. I've always felt like I've had to fix people or that I needed to be fixed. I never knew the true meaning of letting someone sit with their emotions and working through that no matter how painful it is, but how beautiful it is on the
1: other side. Totally. Well, in that it's really hard to watch people that you love sit in their emotions. Like, of course we want to fix it, you know? And this whole idea of holding space is that if you, if I'm your friend and you're going through a hard time that I'm going to hold space for that whole hard time for you. And I'm going to let you feel it, whatever that looks like for you. And I'm not going to offer advice I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't feel the way that you should feel. I'm not going to try and pump you up so you feel better about it. You know, like I'm just going to sit with you while you're in that space and be a friend. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that that is honestly really difficult when you don't want to see your friends and the people that you love suffer, you know, like. So what's the other side of that coin? Like when you are in it and you need someone to hold space for you. Why wouldn't you just want them to come in and fix it for you? You know, like what does it do when they just give you unsolicited advice? Like how hard is that when you're the one that needs space to be held? For me
0: personally, in my experience, and my journey, what happens when people give unsolicited advice and um, I've gone so long in my life just not feeling and working through things myself I've always gone to other people looking for an answer. I've never looked for an answer within myself. And so whenever I'm in a situation that's really difficult, I never know what to do, what to say, what the right thing to do is. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, and this isn't, maliciously. This isn't with ill intent, but all these people I go to start feeding me opinions and, well, let me tell you what I would do. And, oh, I would never stand for that. And hell no, girl, I would, not you know, or then some people would be like, oh yeah, I totally understand that. And, you know, so like you could get all sides of the coin, right? Um, but then I have all these voices in my head. And they don't leave. And then I'm like, well, then who do I listen to? Right. What's the right answer? And then I get even more confused. And I'm like, well, how do I feel? I'm like, fuck, I don't even know how I feel. Because I haven't allowed myself the time and space to do the work. Right. And if someone's going to be there and hold space, that you just kind of have to allow that to happen. Yeah. Because your friends and family and lovers, they don't need to be fixed. We don't need to be fixed. You got all the answers, man. Mm -hmm. Everything you need is within you.
1: One of my favorite concepts around holding space is that I trust you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I trust that you have the answers. I trust that you're going to find the answers in your own time. I trust that this pain that you're in right now that you're giving me the grace of sharing, you know, like with you is the pain you need to experience to get to the answers, you know, like, and so it really is this like stepping out of your own ego because I am a, you know, recovering fixer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like that I fix shit. It's what I'm, I've been really good at it my whole life. Like if somebody's suffering, if something's wrong, if something's not working, then I will come in and I will help you fix it. And that in that, I get that hit of, oh, look what I did, you know, which is um, a total ego place to operate out of. And so in order to not fix it for people and to trust their journey enough to allow them to fix themselves themselves then that means I have to just sit in it with you and hold space for the fact that you're going through that. And I will say two things about that. First of all, that's a lot harder than fixing it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's really easy for my ego space to be like, I know exactly what she needs to do right now she needs to go and she needs to tell so-and-so this and she Mm -hmm. needs to do that and she needs to you know she needs to work out she needs to love herself more she needs to do all these things and she'll feel better you know like when in reality those are all the things I probably needed to do for myself (laughs) in my own situations you know so that holding space is so much this idea of when you're the one holding space for someone is what they're going through triggering for you Mm -hmm. what's it bringing up in you Mm you Can I sit with that in myself and just allow you to sit with what's going on in yourself and both of us just hold space for each other, you know, and that that is, um, yeah, what when you do it for somebody else, you're also doing it for yourself. It's a really weird and tricky thing.
0: Yeah, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, Laurie, uh, you and I were there. We were both there and witnessing this. And for the sake of confidentiality, we won't speak to who this was, but a mutual dear friend of ours. um, We were in a situation where we needed to hold space. We were in a circle and um, she had a breakdown. Yeah. And I mean, bawling crying, hyperventilating. It looked like visually from sitting on the opposite side of the circle from her, it looked like she was breathing out of a two inch box Mm. out of her chest. And I so badly wanted to go over there and fix it and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Right. But it wasn't okay. She was fucking going through it. Yeah. And I just remember, like, I had to restrain my hands mm-hmm. and just, like, say a prayer for her in that mm-hmm. moment because I, I wanted to fix her and I wanted to make it okay. And I wanted to make her laugh. And I want, you know, yeah. just stop the crying, okay? Just, just stop feeling crying. <laughs> um, but what, what a shitty thing to do to somebody. Yeah, You know, she needed a release and mm-hmm. she got that release totally. and felt better after that. Mm-hmm. And how amazing it was to witness this beautiful soul we know who struggles mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Um, she's young. She's beautiful, but she is struggling. Yeah. And, um to be there to witness her work through it. Yeah. I was like god damn it, she's so much stronger than I give her credit yes. for like ever. Totally. You know, and that is the beauty in holding space is that people get to grow from that experience.
1: Well, and then they quit looking to outside sources to fix it for them. You know, like when you hold space,
0: seeking validation outside myself Totally. tell me everything's okay. Just tell me it's okay. Tell me it's okay. Tell me it's okay.
1: And that you need to tell you that it's okay. Like you need to go through the process of whatever it is. So you can get to the other side and be like, oh, look, that sucked for a minute. And I lived, you know, and I'm gonna be okay. And now we're gonna move forward. And that if you always just hang out and run with people who are constantly trying to fix it, or on the flip side, like that's what I mean about trying to amp you up because not our friend that we were just referring to, but just like figuratively, like if somebody's upset because their boyfriend cheated on them. And you're like, yeah, fuck that asshole, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need that. And you, like, are constantly, like, building them up. So they put up the tough girl exterior, you know? And it's all about, like, that maybe she's not needing to be angry about it. Maybe she needs to be sad about it. Right. Maybe she needs to feel rejected. Maybe she needs to be in that place. And it's not up to you how she feels about it. You just hold space for that. And that this whole concept of holding space like that for people... I was 42 before I ever understood what that was or that it was important. Like I'm over here thinking I'm a really good friend. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the best friend right. anyone could ever have. I'm a have. really good leader because I'm fixing this shit for people and making right. sure that they don't have to experience it. And that, that, and it's all cool. You know, like what's even funny about it is now that I have language for holding space, I realized that I was moving that direction anyway. The more I worked on myself, the more I realized that I needed to just let people help themselves, you know. But now that I have language and understanding about what the concept of holding space is, wow. As a fixer, as a recovering fixer, it is also really a lot of freedom for me. Like, and it helps me not feel so responsible for everyone else's feelings and emotions, you know. Like,
0: I'm so happy you brought this up. Powerful. Because... You know, in these moments, like that time I was talking about with our friend, and I so badly wanted to fix her, when she worked through it and came out on the other side, I felt so relieved Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to do shit. Yeah. And all I had to do was listen. Right. And I'll say this. It is also empowering as the person going through Mm -hmm. whatever it is Um, in these spaces uh, for our listeners, like where Laurie and I have had to actively practice holding space. um, The rule is you are not allowed to give feedback. Right. um, Or advice or you're not allowed to interject. You can ask for permission, but the coolest thing is, is that that person has the power to say no. Right. So you, you know, when someone talks about their experience, I'm trying to get in the habit of, and Laurie, you did it with me the other day when I was going through a really hard time of instead of being like, well, you know what I think about that (laughs) saying, are you open to a reflection? Mm. And the power of knowing that I can say, actually, no, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to hear that. And, you know, like you don't even have to apologize about mm-hmm. it. And that doesn't mean that the other person did something wrong or that they hate you or anything. It's just like, actually, no, I'm not really open to that right now. Mm-hmm. And I really just need to sit with these feelings. Yeah. And um, I don't, I don't need your words right, right. now. So fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's also because I'll say because I felt obligated to be polite. Right. And to say, you know, knowing that just because people love me, oh, they're just trying to help me. Mm -hmm. Well, then that fucked me up in my head. right? Because I have all these voices and opinions and, oh, well, you know what I think about that. Well, I would do this. Well, I would, you know, like that does not help unless the person...
1: Is open to the help. Well, and especially when you get it from all fronts, like, because when you're in it and people are giving you reflections that are not invited, okay, and that you weren't asked permission for them to give, then a lot of times you go into it with other people in the future and you're getting opposite answers from all of these people. So then it becomes a spectrum of like, I'm going to make the wrong decision. Yeah. and. Immediately you give away all of your power to make your own decision because you're like floating between and then what if I make the wrong decision and this person's disappointed in me because I right. didn't follow their advice, you know. Right. And so it wasn't until I started rolling with people that were constantly asking me if I was open for a reflection that I started to understand how much I don't ask other people that. Yeah. And then I guess the other part, too, is like when you're when you're with someone and they're going through something, are you really listening Or are you just trying to decide how you're going to respond to what they're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it kind of like forces you to turn off your internal dialogue and just be present to witness what they're going through. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when you need someone and you have a witness like that, that is just there to witness your experience and not give you feedback, man, that feels good. You know, like to just be seen, especially when you're suffering or you're like dealing with something that's heavy when you feel like, oh, my gosh, this person just sees me and they love me and they don't need to tell me what I should do about it. You know, like that's a special kind of truth, you know, Um, and it is we talk a lot about healing, like it is transformationally healing to be the person who has space held for them. Um, And it just makes you so much more confident. You know, like even though you're going through it and we talk a lot on this podcast here lately about like, yeah, feeling feelings is hard and it's shitty and you cry and you're, you know, like this open gaping wound all of the time. But it's also really, truly beautiful and magical to be in that place where somebody can hold space for you and really trust your process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm going to try to get through this without giving away too much detail that like I'm not necessarily ready to do, but like I was in a relationship and um, I, I mean, we were going through it. Well, I was going through it and because I'm not a great, I wasn't a great communicator or great at conflict. Those are things that I've been working on the past couple years, years. Um, and so with this relationship that I was in, I look at it now, and I realize that I was hurting so badly that I needed that person to hurt, too, Mm -hmm. and that um, everything was their fault. And, you know, I would say things that I was supposed to say, like, well, I mean, I know it takes two to tango, but Jesus, really? You know, And, um, and that doesn't excuse what this person did were some of those things shitty 1000% absolutely what i failed to mention is like the really ugly parts of like my responsibility in that relationship too that i haven't really been willing to even acknowledge to myself until recently and so whenever I would talk about my relationship with other people, with you, mm-hmm. with my parents, with my friends, with everyone, I was constantly just shitting on this person and being like, they did this, they did this, they did this. So everyone started telling me like, oh, well, girl, if I was in your situation, listen up. This mm-hmm. You deserve better. And oh, my God. And, you know, there's probably some truth to that. Like, I... You know, I made some changes and I am happy, you know, and, um, but sometimes I wonder how different would it have been if I was in the space that I am now where, um, I didn't have all those voices because at the end of the day, I made decisions about that relationship because I, it got to the point where I was like, I've bitched about this person so much that if I don't make these changes, everyone's going to be mad at me and everyone's going to d- be disappointed in me. And so I made these super life altering decisions based on shit that everyone was telling me needed to happen. Yeah, And Jessica now is like getting into the space of... Like I really owe this person a lot of grace because I didn't have space for that. Yeah. All those years ago. Right. You know? And so I like I just like want our listeners to know that like you can totally be coming from a loving place. Absolutely. And I get it because I've been that girl too. Yeah. Of like, girl, you better dump his ass, you know? <laughs> like, yes. And you know what? I mean, God. In situations of abuse, whether that be physical, emo- emotional, mental, sexual, I mean, obviously there are situations where you're like, you need to get out of this. There are certain like times where that's necessary, absolutely. Um, but I feel like some of the things that, uh, Laura, you know who and what I'm talking about. Like you were so present for. Um, That it's just evolved
1: into something now where I'm like, I look at it completely differently. Absolutely. And so two things about what you were just saying. The first thing I thought about was back around to freaking Glennon Doyle again. Like the quit asking people for directions to places they've never been. You know, like that when we get so... when we're in traumatic situations, we cast out for support from people that we know are going to validate wherever we're at at the time, you know? Right. And so that's why when we feel wronged, we go to our friends and to our family, the people that it really wouldn't matter what we did to start that situation, <laughs> that those people are going to back us up hundred percent anyway. Right. Like, no I would, one, no one ever asked me, well, what was your part? In well, this? And to Just, be perfectly I, honest, know? being one of those people, I don't care what you did. Like, <laughs> you could have done anything and it wouldn't have made any difference to me. Like you wouldn't have deserved that kind of behavior back because that's the ride or die concept that comes in us not holding space for each other. And instead going 110% down the dark hole, you know, wherever it needs to be like, I'm backing you up 110%. I don't care what you did. And that that's not a bad thing. Those aren't bad friends to have, you know, like those people are great in your world. And totally, like, Jessica today wouldn't be in that space. Mm -mm. She would have never gotten there in the first place, you know? Oh, no, she wouldn't And so it's, I think about relationships that I've had that haven't worked. um, And how toxic those relationships were. Or on the flip side, maybe some of them that didn't work were because I was toxic. And I can see now that the people who got out of relationships with me were just more emotionally and spiritually evolved than I was and that they couldn't be in a, and it didn't make the relationship bad and it didn't make me a bad person. It just meant that things couldn't work because I wasn't at that level of understanding just yet, you know? And so, yeah, like looking back on things and knowing what our parts were and what didn't work out in these relationships um, is a big learning curve. And holding space for other people or just holding space for yourself, you know, like because I think a lot about like the holistic psychologist, too, and how she talks about reparenting yourself Ugh, and that when you have feelings, no, I mean, really Dr. like daily Nicole. I'm like, ouch, um, <laughs> but that there's so many things that trigger me and I'm like, OK, so what is this bringing up for me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: OK, so I get that that's that wounded, scarred six year old Laurie. What does she need to hear? okay, I got you, girl, you know, like I can, and that it's a lot the same way with holding space that when I feel like I need outside validation from people and I want to call somebody and be like, listen to what this bitch did, you know, Mm -hmm. that instead I can also hold space for myself, allow myself to feel how I feel about it, still go to the people that I love and trust and say, I'm really struggling with this right now, you know? And I don't say it that clean. Like I'm usually ugly crying and sobbing through it, you know, like, and that they can just be there and watch me experience that and say, yeah, I feel that, you know, and I'm here with you and you're not alone. And it's a different experience and there's not so much like vindictiveness and ugliness because otherwise old Laurie is like the you're dead to me. Mm -hmm. zone you know and now I can just experience it all a little bit differently
0: yeah and speaking from experience as someone who has gone through really hard things both Mm -hmm. when we weren't great space holders Mm -hmm. and now that we are space holders um, like I just went through something that was really really difficult that Laurie even a year ago wouldn't have been able, not downplaying your ability.
1: No, for sure.
0: I'm just saying that you weren't able to hold space for me even a year ago in that really difficult situation, um, that going through it now and just having you say, I love you and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And that I feel old Jessica creeping back in and being like, but what should I do, do Lori? <laughs> But tell me what to do as like my eye is twitching and like I'm losing my sanity. Um, You've been really strong and been like, I'm not going to. I can feel that I don't want to say boundary. No, but it is a boundary. But it is. Yes. And that you've loved me through everything anyway. Mm -hmm. And that like there's there's nothing that's going to fuck that. up you know and that I'm like
1: damn that's a true ride or die it's also the going back to that ego thing though Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like that I don't know what's best for you I trust you that you know what's best for you and old Laurie again not to be I'm not hating on old Laurie (laughs) she didn't trust you the way I trust you now you know like I And same. Right. Vice versa. Like, it's not a judgment. It's just the way that humans do things, you know, and the way that I did things for so long was that to watch you be in pain and struggle hurt me so bad. And I was so empathetic in that space that rather than allowing you the grace to figure this out on your own and trusting that you're going to do that in the way that's right for you, I know better. So I'm going to interject and get involved And quote unquote, help you get through it, you know, when in reality, that's not helping at all, you know, and it actually just does both of us a disservice because now I'm way more engaged in something emotionally than I should be. That's not even mine, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's. Holding space, even though it seems like something that you're doing for someone else, having that boundary for yourself is doing a lot for you, too. And for somebody like me that is like not just an empath, but like I will cut my own throat for you style empath, you know, like that it is it's changing my life, you know, and making me a lot better at like looking out for me. But also allowing everybody that I love that otherwise I would have jumped in front of the bus for, you know, like they're figuring their shit out a lot more efficiently, too, because I'm not in the way. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. It's really hard to, like own yourself enough to do that and i am not perfect at it i might add like i still do it sometimes but then i'm catching myself as i'm doing it and i can reel it back mm-hmm. in you know like so it's not a it's not like one day you learn how to hold space and you're like got it i'm never got gonna it. get involved again like oh god no yeah so hey hold us accountable friends it's a practice yeah like <laughs> okay. you have to practice
0: it if we're trying to fix you be like uh-uh
1: right what? no you i don't, need don't to go back and listen this. to your own episode right <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it is a loaded bag, but it is it's really powerful. I guess the other thing about holding space is that, you know, like we talk a lot about creating sacred space, like with badass retreats and um, like holding a container. hmm. And I kind of feel like holding space is really a bridge of that. So when you're in something like in some future episodes, we're going to start talking about breath work. And um, even in our last episode with Eva, we were talking about like healing sessions and holding containers for healing spaces that when you're holding space, you're creating this sacred safe container is what we're calling it, it, you know, where people are held where they're grounded where they have room to feel however they need to feel about everything and it's okay and learning how to hold these containers for people is also a practice and it's like a discipline or a muscle that you learn to flex because when you're holding space for others it it's not a spirit so funny you know like It's always somebody that's going through something that you're kind of going through too. And it brings up your own things that you're forced to have to look at and resolve in a certain way. And so creating and holding sacred space for somebody in a container that allows them to do what they need to do is an effort, I guess, but it's like an energetic effort. It's not physically or even mentally really effort, but it's something that you have to... um, Yeah, you just have to practice and get better at. But last weekend, which, you know, by the time this airs, I guess it'll be a couple of months back, was our first retreat that we did. Uh. And really my first experience creating and holding a container for other people to do whatever work they needed to do. And that work didn't really have anything to do with me. You know, like I was just one of the people there holding the container and allowing space for them to do that. It was a two-day retreat, so like half-day, full-day, half-day, and to see some of the transformations,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: just to see, like, the perspectives that these women walked in with versus where they were when they walked out, and now we're, like, over a week since the retreat's been over, and to just still be in communication with these women, and to be, like, that that container is still set and working, you know? Right, and just today on the group text is so cute. We all have a group text. Obviously, Um,
0: From the retreat that, um, one of our guests, um, said, like gave us an update. It's been a week Mm -hmm. and my life is completely different. Right. And, um, I mean, talk about ego. Like I have to really be in check with
1: myself to Mm -hmm. not be like, we did that. Um, because she did the work and she did it. On her own. Like, you know, she didn't need anybody to guide her. She didn't need anybody to tell her what to do. So back around full circle to my idea, like with this holding containers for people and holding space, that oftentimes all we need to heal is just to have that space available and have other people be like, you got this, girl. Like, we back you up and we trust you and we know that you can do this. And that they, you've got all the answers inside of yourself. So now that I've done it, been trained on it and flexing this muscle and I'm working on it, there is no looking back around the holding space thing. Like I'm getting better at it every day. And the more people I spend time with that are doing it for me, I don't want people around me that aren't able to do that, you know, Um, that it is life altering and life changing. And it's so cool that we can have a podcast where we can even talk about what it is. Cause like I said, I I lived over 40 years before I understood or had language for something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, man, holding space. It's where the good stuff is. It's so sweet. Mm -hmm. And like
0: now, right now that I have language around it and I've experienced
1: it, what a game changer, game changer. So, um, yeah badasses if you want to know more about holding space then i would invite you to Listen to past episodes of this podcast. There's definitely future episodes coming up where we're going to continue to talk about it. There's also a number of different breathwork sessions that are going on in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, workshops that we're going to be doing all are going to be centered around this idea of how do you hold space for others? How do you hold space for yourself? You know, and how do you create boundaries that allow you to do more of that? Um We hope that you guys took something away from this because it's really a special topic for us. And uh, share it with all your friends. Like, rate, and review. And we love y'all. Love you guys.